Welcome to the Christ the King podcast. I am Pastor Michael McGinley of Christ the King Lutheran Church in Spencer, Iowa, and we are a congregation of the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod. Coming to you this 7th of November as we look to celebrate the Feast of All Hallows or All Saints. This feast was actually on November 1st, last Monday, but we celebrate it today, the following Sunday, in observance of it. Now, on our Congregation of, at Prayer in the Divine Service Catechesis box, we continue to learn about what is called the Common Service, which for you older Lutherans is page 15 of the Lutheran Hymnal, and for us today at Christ the King is Divine Service Setting 3 in the Lutheran Service Book. And as you can see, many names are given to the chief Common Service. It's called the Communion, High Mass, or just Mass. Yes, the word Mass refers to the divine service with communion, and not just in the Roman Catholic Church. It is a Western Church term, which we Lutherans use as well, as we see in the Augsburg Confession in our Book of Concord. The common service itself is used most frequently on Sunday mornings. At Christ the King, it's every Sunday at 9 a.m., in other confessional Lutheran congregations, it can vary a bit that time, and you may see some congregations with an additional service on Saturday night, which goes to show that the common divine service with communion can also be used outside of Sunday morning. And you'll see this with many churches that celebrate Christmas Eve or Christmas midnight. You'll see that here at Christ the King as we are set to do an Epiphany service in the evening on January 6th and an Ascension service in the evening 40 days after Easter on that Thursday. Now, the Catechesis, the Divine Service Catechesis, begins to go through the beginning parts of Sunday morning after it explains all of that. The Hymn of Invocation is a hymn of the Holy Ghost, where we invoke God in our singing as the service begins. We sing in his name. And that matches the first words that the pastor says on Sunday morning, which are the words which invoke the name of God by saying, in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And how does the congregation respond? By saying, Amen. Amen signifies or it says that they accept and confirm the pastor's words, and they make the words that he says their own. We'll continue with that next week. Now we turn to our matin service and the opening hymn, Ye Watchers and Ye Holy Ones.
open thou my lips, and my mouth shall show forth thy praise. Make haste, O God, to deliver me. Make haste to help me, O Lord. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Alleluia. The true God, one in three and three in one. O come, let us worship him. O come, let us sing unto the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving and make a joyful noise unto him with psalms. For the Lord is a great God and a great King above all gods. In his hand are the deep places of the earth. The strength of the hills is his also. It is his and he made it, and his hands formed the dry land. Oh, come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord our Maker. For he is our God, and we are the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. The true God, one in three and three in one. O come, let us worship him. These are they which came out of the great tribulation, and have washed their robes, and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. In thee, O Lord, do I put my trust. Let me never be ashamed. Deliver me in thy righteousness, for thou art my rock and my fortress. Therefore, for thy name's sake, lead me and guide me. Into thine hand I commit my spirit. Thou hast redeemed me, O Lord God of truth. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. These are they which came out of the great tribulation, and have washed their robes, and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. The first lesson for this Feast of All Hallows is written in the seventh chapter of the Revelation to St. John, beginning at the second verse. I saw another angel ascend from the sunrise, having the seal of the living God. He cried with a loud voice to the four angels to whom it was given to harm the earth and the sea, saying, Don't harm the earth, the sea, or the trees until we have sealed the bondservants of our God on their foreheads. I heard the number of those who were sealed. 144,000 sealed out of every tribe of the children of Israel. Of the tribe of Judah, 12,000 were sealed. Of the tribe of Reuben, 12,000. Of the tribe of Gad, 12,000. Of the tribe of Asher, 12,000. Of the tribe of Naphtali, 
12,000. Of the tribe of Manasseh, 12,000. Of the tribe of Simeon, 12,000. Of the tribe of Levi, 12,000. Of the tribe of Issachar, 12,000. Of the tribe of Zebulun, 12,000. Of the tribe of Joseph, 12,000. And of the tribe of Benjamin, 12,000 were sealed. After these things I looked, and behold, a great multitude which no man could count out of every nation, and of all tribes, peoples, and languages, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, dressed in white robes, with palm branches in their hands. They cried with a loud voice, saying, Salvation be to our God, who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. All the angels were standing around the throne, the elders and the four living creatures, and they fell on their faces before his throne and worshipped God, saying, Amen. Blessing, glory, wisdom, thanksgiving, honor, power, and might be to our God forever and ever. Amen. One of the elders answered, saying to me, These who are arrayed in the white robes, who are they? And where did they come from? I told him, My Lord, you know. He said to me, These are those who came out of the great tribulation. They washed their robes and made them white in the Lamb's blood. Therefore they are before the throne of God. They serve him day and night in his temple. He who sits on the throne will spread his tabernacle over them. They will never be hungry or thirst any more. The sun won't beat on them, nor any heat. For the Lamb who is in the middle of the throne shepherds them and leads them to springs of life-giving waters. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. O Lord, have mercy upon us. Thanks be to God. These are they which came out of the great tribulation and have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Blessed is the man whose strength is in thee, in whose heart are the ways of Zion. The epistle is written in the third chapter of the first epistle of St. John, beginning at the first verse. Brothers, see how great a love the Father has given to us, that we should be called children of God. For this cause the world doesn't know us, because it didn't know him. Beloved, now we are children of God. It is not yet revealed what we will be, but we know that when he is revealed, we will be like him, for we will see him just as he is. Everyone who has this hope set on him purifies himself, even as he is pure. O Lord, have mercy upon us. Thanks be to God.
Alleluia, Alleluia. Alleluia, O Lord, deal with thy servant according unto thy mercy, and teach me thy statutes. I am thy servant, give me understanding, that I may know thy testimonies. Alleluia. The Holy Gospel is according to St. Matthew, the fifth chapter. Glory be to thee, O Lord. Seeing the multitudes, Jesus went up onto the mountain. When he had sat down, his disciples came to him. He opened his mouth and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the gentle, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called children of God. Blessed are those who have been persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people reproach you and persecute you and say all kinds of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice and be exceedingly glad, for great is your reward in heaven. For that is how they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Here ends the gospel. Praise be to thee, O Christ. At midnight there was a cry made. Behold, the bridegroom cometh. Go ye out to meet him. Trim your lamps, O ye wise virgins. Behold, the bridegroom cometh. Go ye out to meet him. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. Behold, the bridegroom cometh, go ye out to meet him. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen.
In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. What a day today is for a baptism. Today, on All Saints Sunday, for those of you who can't attend at Christ the King, we are baptizing a precious little daughter of our congregation into the church, into the body of Christ. And it's wonderful. It's a cause for celebration. However, although a baptism is always indeed wonderful, our text in Revelation reminds us that life is not easy. Our text tells us that this time that we are living in, this time period we are living in right now, is called the Great Tribulation. From the time of Christ's ascension to now, mankind and all creation has been in this time of great suffering. Today, we will witness a wonderful baptism. And those parents, like every parent that is listening now, they have to wonder, what kind of world are we raising our children in? What kind of world will we be leaving to them? And we do indeed see reason for worry in the world around us. Throughout the world, political tensions are high. War travels throughout the world as it ravages each land through which it passes. Greed rules the day. Riots and violence, even in our land, can happen at any place, at any time, without warning. Many question what is being taught in our schools and if the faith can be compatible with what the world is teaching our children. Ask any elder at Christ the King, not, not those appointed to the office of elder, but those with decades and a lifetime of experience. Ask any of our elders, and they will tell you how the culture was once Christian, or at least friendly to the church, but now has changed so that the church is reviled and hated by it. We would be fools to think that the culture or the world are in any way our allies. They're not. They never have been. On top of that, notice what awaits the earth and the sea and the trees and all creation in our text at the end of this tribulation. The angels will bring upon it complete and utter destruction. Our text says there will be four angels from each corner of the earth that will do this, signifying how total the destruction will be at the end of time so total that not one corner of the earth in the north, south, east, or west will avoid what is to come. This is the Great Tribulation. This is the world in which all parents, all Christian parents, must raise our children in. This is the world in which the church must endure. That is why the church on earth existing in time and space, in the here and now, that church is called the church militant. Because with the armor of faith and the sword of the word and spirit, we fight to survive. And the fighting, it never stops. It is constant, night and day. It is tiring, as any parent and any Christian with years behind them will tell you. So yes, today at Christ the King is a great day to witness a baptism. But like any newly baptized, we know that as this young girl grows... The enemies of the world will mount against her. The world will pressure, will pressure her left and right. 
Death and destruction around her will bring her suffering in this tribulation, as it has and still does for all of us baptized. And as it is for all of us, so it will be for her. It oftentimes feels impossible. It oftentimes feels as if enduring were hopeless, as if there is no more fight to give, no more energy to fight. This great tribulation brings all of us to our knees. No one here is an exception. But despite this great tribulation, despite that, there is a reason why we celebrate today this baptism. There's a reason why we call this baptism wonderful in the face of such suffering. And the reason is this, from our text, where St. John says, Then I saw another angel ascending from the rising of the sun, with the seal of the living God. And he called out with a loud voice to the four angels, who have been given power to harm the earth and sea, saying, Do not harm the earth or the sea or the trees until we have sealed the servants of our God on their foreheads. And I heard the number of the sealed. 144,000 sealed from every tribe of the sons of Israel. To you parents who have baptized your children, that seal of the living God which this angel carried is the seal which your child received in their baptism. For today, this child, amidst this great tribulation, was sealed in the crucifixion of her Lord, who came to suffer this great suffering for her, so that with him all her sin, all who, all her old Adam, may die with him and be buried with him. It is the same baptism which every Christian here has been baptized and sealed with. It is the seal which every Christian here returns to every day so that our sins, yours, mine, and hers, may be forgiven, sealed every day in the death of him who died for us, for her. And our Lord keeps this great tribulation going. He postpones the destruction of all creation because she and us bear this seal on earth in this life. All of creation is upheld because of those of us who bear the seal. So my pastoral advice for all parents and for all the baptized is this. Teach your children, teach yourselves how to mark themselves with the cross, how to do the sign of the cross. Because that sign of the cross is the seal which my thumb and the waters and the word that place on this child today, that place on her forehead, is the seal of the cross of Christ crucified on her and on all of us. The sign of the cross is her seal and ours from now to eternity. Teach your children to cherish it. May we all cherish it. Place the sign on your children every day until she learns to do it herself. It is theirs. Make sure they own it. The waters, however, that's where our Lord has begun to seal this little child and us. But our Lord finishes sealing her and us here at the altar. Every child that is baptized, like all of us, 
will be catechized. The day will come when they will join us in partaking of the body and blood of their Lord. At this altar is where they are sealed into the very flesh and blood of Christ of which they partake. Because this is the life of a Christian. We are sealed in this journey in the word of God from the font to the feast. In this journey, every baptized child follows in the footsteps of those saints who traveled before us here. At Christ the King, we have lost six of these saints in the last year. Those saints who themselves were sealed in the word from the font to the feast. And look now where these saints are. They've been taken out of this great tribulation. They've washed their robes in the blood of the Lamb from font to feast. And now, for all eternity, they wear those robes of bright, pure white. These saints are the ones before the throne of God offering him sacrifices of praise day and night in his temple in the body of Christ. Having left this great tribulation, having been taken out of it, these saints that we know no longer hunger or thirst, they are no longer burnt by the scorching heat. Their last tear has been wiped away from their eyes. Instead, they are waving palm branches, palm branches which are the ancient symbol of victory. They are celebrating the victory of Christ that is theirs now and forever because they've been sealed in the word of this victory from the blood of the font to the blood of the feast. That is why we call the saints in heaven the church triumphant. For in Christ, they have triumphed. They have been sealed by the blood of the Lamb, not only sealed into his crucifixion, but also into his resurrection. They are triumphant. They have been taken out of the great tribulation. Yes, we are in the great tribulation, and our suffering here is great. But even in the face of all that suffering, today, this little girl was sealed. And in the saints which have passed, we see where this leads for her and for us to the wedding feast of the Lamb. Where in this great mystery, we, the church, the bride, will forever be with our bridegroom. Today she's baptized. Tomorrow, in the years ahead, she will be sealed still with all of us when she partakes with us in the body and blood at the altar. There at the altar, she will feast with both the church militant and the church triumphant together. That's where we come together as one church, where she will be strengthened in this heavenly food to endure any and all suffering here in this life, just as those saints who passed before us. They endured by being sealed in the waters and being sealed at the altar where they are strengthened. At the altar, we, the church militant, wait with the church triumphant for our Lord to return. We wait for our resurrection in him. We wait with them for this creation to be brought to nothing. We wait with the church triumphant for the new creation where we will spend eternity together with him. On that day, we will see the church as 144,000 sealed. 144,000 is 12 times 12 times 10. 
These are numbers of comp- these are numbers signifying completion in the Bible. So then this number is not a literal number. But God is saying that with 144,000 with t- 12 times 12 times 10 that his church will be utterly complete in the end of days. That is our hope and assurance. We are sealed. Sealed into Christ crucified. And sealed, we will endure to the end. And how do we know this? Look at the saints before us. Where they are now. And also, because God will not allow any of this grand destruction to happen to this newly baptized or to us until all his sealed are with him. And now that we are sealed into Christ crucified, there is no amount of suffering in this great tribulation that can rob that from us. That is wonderful. That is to be celebrated. Amen. Now may the peace of God which surpasses all understanding keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.
mercy upon us. O Christ, have mercy upon us. O Lord, have mercy upon us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Unto thee have I cried, O Lord, and in the morning shall my prayer prevent thee. Let thy mouth be filled with thy praise, and with thy honor all the day. O Lord, hide thy face from my sins, and blot out all mine iniquities. Create in me, O God, a clean heart, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from thy presence, and take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation, and uphold me with thy free spirit. Vouchsafe, O Lord, this day, to keep us without sin. O Lord, have mercy upon us, have mercy upon us. O Lord, let thy mercy be upon us, as our trust is in thee. Hear my prayer, O Lord and let my cry come unto thee. O Almighty God, 
who has knit together your elect in one communion and fellowship in the mystical body of your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Grant us grace to follow your blessed saints in all virtuous and godly living, that we may come to the unspeakable joys which you have prepared for those who unfeignedly loved you. Through the same Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, ever one God, world without end. Amen. Almighty and most merciful God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, we give you thanks for all your goodness and tender mercies, especially for the gift of your dear Son and for the revelation of your will and grace. And we beseech you so to implant your word in us that, in good and honest hearts, we may keep it and bring forth the fruits of faith by patient continuance and well-doing. Most heartily we beseech you so to rule and govern your church Catholic, with all her pastors and ministers, that we may be preserved in the pure doctrine of your saving word, whereby faith toward you may be strengthened, love and charity increased in us toward all mankind, and your kingdom extended. Send forth laborers into your harvest, and sustain those whom you have sent, that the word of reconciliation may be proclaimed to all people, and the gospel preached in all the world. Grant health and prosperity to all who are in authority, especially to Joseph, our President, the Congress of these United States, Kim, our Governor, the Legislature of this State, and to all our judges and magistrates, and endue them with grace to rule after your good pleasure, to the maintenance of righteousness, and to the hindrance and punishment of wickedness, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. May it please you also to turn the hearts of our enemies and adversaries, that they may cease their enmity and hostilities, and be inclined to walk with us in meekness and in peace. All who are in trouble, want, sickness, anguish of labor, peril of death, or any other adversity, especially those who are in suffering for your name's sake, comfort, O God, with your Holy Spirit, that they may receive and acknowledge their afflictions as the manifestation of your fatherly will. Especially do we pray for those that we name in our hearts at this time. Although we have deserved your righteous wrath and manifold punishment, yet we entreat you, O most merciful Father, remember not the sins of our youth nor our many transgressions, but out of your unspeakable goodness, grace, and mercy, defend us from all harm and danger of body and soul. Preserve us from false and pernicious doctrine, from war and bloodshed, from plague and pestilence, from all calamity by fire and water, from hail and tempest, from failure of harvest and from famine, from anguish of heart and despair of your mercy, and from an evil death. And in every time of trouble, show yourself a very present help, the Savior of all men, and especially of them that believe. Cause all needed fruits of the earth to prosper, that we may enjoy them in due season. Give success to the Christian training of the young, to all lawful occupations on land, sea, and air, and to all pure arts and useful knowledge, and crown them with your blessing. Receive, O God, our bodies and souls and all our talents, together with the offerings we bring before you, 
For by his blood your Son has purchased us to be your own, that we may live under him in his kingdom. As we are strangers and pilgrims on earth, help us by true faith and a godly life to prepare for the world to come, doing the work you have given us to do while it is day, before the night comes when no one can work. And when our last hour shall come, support us by your power and receive us into your everlasting kingdom. O Lord, our Heavenly Father, almighty and everlasting God, who has safely brought us to the beginning of this day. Defend us in the same with thy mighty power, and grant that this day we fall into no sin, neither run into any kind of danger, but that all our doings, being ordered by thy governance, may be righteous in thy sight. Through Jesus Christ, thy Son, our Lord, who liveth and reigneth with thee and the Holy Ghost, ever one God, world without end. Amen. Bless ye the Lord, all ye his elect. Keep days of joy, and give glory unto him. We give thanks unto thee, Heavenly Father, through Jesus Christ, thy dear Son, that thou hast protected us through the night from all danger and harm. And we beseech thee to preserve and keep us, this day also, from all sin and evil, and that in all our thoughts, words, and deeds we may serve and please thee. Into thy hands we commend our bodies and souls, and all that is ours. Let thy holy angel have charge concerning us, that the wicked one have no power over us. Amen. Hear my prayer, O Lord, and let my cry come unto thee. Bless we the Lord. Alleluia, alleluia. Thanks be to God. Alleluia, alleluia. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen.
Thank you for joining us today for this Matins podcast celebrating the Feast of All Hallows of All Saints. And you are, of course, welcome to join us next week as we celebrate the 24th Sunday after Trinity, which is the second to last Sunday in the church year. All hymnody for this podcast comes from smallchurchmusic.com. We encourage all of our listeners to look us up on Facebook under Christ the King Lutheran Church in Spencer or at CTK Spencer. If you enjoyed this service, we encourage you to subscribe to our podcast, tell a friend, or leave a review wherever you listened. If you would like to be on our mailing list for these podcasts or would like to leave feedback, you can contact us on Facebook or at the email addresses at the top of the bulletin, which is included in a link with this podcast. That's all for this week. Until next time, go forth and serve the Lord. I am Pastor Michael McGinley, signing off.